You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. After laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Because um, we've worked together a couple times. A couple times. It was very new. I think the first time we worked together was in was in Bakersfield. It Where was were, oh, Lancaster. No, no. Was it Lancaster? Was it, it was Tehachapi? Tehachapi. Tehachapi. That's the one. Yeah, which That's is up one. in up in the mountains. <laughs> and it was cool. It was a fun fun oh, it show. It was a great show. It's yeah. a really weird thing. I have um maybe I'm just at that age or whatever cuz I used to do a lot of shows and you'd have like young girls come up and be like, "What are you doing? Let's go party." But now I just have like old women missing teeth and like old rocker t-shirts. It's funny I get the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, what are no, you doing? You want to no, do some meth with us? I'm like, man. Usually it's older men. No. Middle aged men are so into me. <laughs> are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have daddy jokes in your set? That they I go, do. hey, there you go. Yeah, yep. that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> the full thing about the daddy thing is weird because, uh, A, I'm, I'm apparently daddy age now, but B, um, I don't remember that as a thing really when I was I remember there were sugar daddies uh huh so there were rich men mm-hmm. who were who would pay for women now it doesn't matter if you have money you can still be a daddy <laughs> yeah I think because millennials and Gen Z made it their thing with zaddy zaddy so zaddy, zaddy is like zaddy is like a hot daddy <laughs> It's a hot daddy. So yeah. they like made it their thing. So now it's across the board popular. Yeah, it's it's still yeah. like it's such a weird thing that um in LA in general. When I first moved to LA and I would see older men with young women, particularly when I was on stage, I would always assume, you know, coming from Virginia That they New were getting York, paid? No. Oh. <laughs> I assumed oh, that it was a father daughter. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm going the And other. almost like ninety five percent of the time in LA if you see an older <laughs> man with a woman who's twenty 30 yeah, years yeah. younger They're that's his girl that's his date they're dating and she's usually the one paying for it I'm kidding um, <laughs> with her soul <laughs> with her soul good call no I sugar dated you sugar time. dated oh yeah for what a long time what does that mean you sugar dated like that was my job to go on dates with men explain that that's very fascinating <laughs> I'm very curious because now I, I've heard there are apps there's like a sugar daddy yeah, app there used so to be billboards for it yeah. there was yeah I was on seeking arrangement um so mm-hmm. if you want to give me some promo dollars, uh, I'm not even sure. I think it's still around, but they, um, Apple was like, we don't want any of this on our stuff. So they took it off their app platform. So you now have to go oh. on the website and who goes on a website? Who goes on like, a website? I want on an your app. Desktop? You know what I mean? Ew. Yeah. It's going to be on your phone. Um, on my orange Mac. Mac I, have a, I have a weird seeking arrangements story. Yeah. I was friends with this woman and she's a, she's a big broadcast journalist. She's kind of famous. She does like, um, I think it's like Entertainment Tonight or one of those things, E News uh-huh. or whatever. And she had a husband and she was going through a, a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. They were separated. And she called me and said, Look, Bill, I think he's been cheating on me. I think he's on this app. And I'm pretty sure he's seeking arrangements. Uh huh. So she said, Could you go on and catfish and see if you can Stop lure him? It. I swear to God. Stop. And at first I was like, this sounds fun. <laughs> so I was like, what this what does he awful. like? Let me let me this let me awful. create the perfect she goes, Well, he likes blondes, he likes Russian girls. Was this around the time that they you could change your male face into a female? <laughs> no, that I just would grabbed, be hilarious. I grabbed photos. No, you didn't. 
you didn't yeah. use someone else's photo? That's I not did. good. No, but I, I got like permission. That, ethically. I oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Well, uh, a friend of mine from Sweden. <laughs> and I not said, Russia? Not Russia. I said, can you, I said, can I use your photos for this thing? And she said, will it get me in trouble? I said, no, she said, fine. So I used her photos and I put all the things in the bio that he apparently would be interested in. Uh-huh. And then, um, and, and then you I put forgot. Your, you put your location range very small around his house. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and then I kind of forgot about it. And then, like, then she called me like a week later. Said, "Hey, what's going on? Have you have you gone through this? Oh, oh, let me check." So I got on. I got back on, and I looked at all the DMs, all the messages, and it disgusted me so much. It freaked me out so much. How many men Bit up. were? Um, propositioning with these arrangements mm-hmm. and it was so matter of fact clearly here's the deal I'll pay you $2,000 a week you da 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 mama and I think I interacted I went back and forth with like one or two of them just to see what's going on and um, and it just and then it just got like so gross and just uh, well I okay so dick pics and all that shit and I had arrangement, to get out of it yeah no I wouldn't be okay with dick pics either Seeking arrangement, I I would say it's it's like it's like shopping at Ross or like yeah. a discount store. Yeah, you know you have to weed through a lot. Are they of are things. some of the men fake? Hold on one second. Well, my neighbor Mia is doing some weird pantomime right now. What do you no, want? I want my fucking oh. bowl back. Oh. oh, I put it over there. I put it over there. <laughs> Mia Mars, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Mia Mars. Okay, so um, so it's like Ross. Uh, so yeah, it's a discount where you like you read through all of the you, you know, and you're like on the racks, and nothing looks appetizing, and maybe you find something, and you're like, maybe this will work, but then you pull it out of the shelf, and you're like, oh no, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Until you maybe you find a gem. You know, are there gems? Oh yeah, yeah. But I found boyfriends from there that were my boyfriends for years. Oh really? Like, really nice guys. Some guys just want, um, you know, to have a conversation, sit across the table from a beautiful woman. Uh-huh. Uh, I would go with a boyfriend who played poker in Vegas, and he would take me to Vegas, and I got, you know, this great hotel room they dinners. Look, look cool to have like a, a young cute girl. Is that what they wanted to I do? I mean, what what older man doesn't want to sit across the table from a beautiful lady and and have her make him feel like she's having the time of her life? Got it. So, oh man, so you met them in seeking arrangements and they took you on a date mm-hmm. and these were successful men. Were they married yeah. men? Were you the side piece? Uh, no. Did you know if you were the side piece? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I typically would stay away from married men. But would they be honest about it, I guess, is my question. Because I think it's pretty, if like, oh, I travel so much. Because it's like, sometimes I would have like a couple of dates, you know, like one or two dates, like a one-off or whatever. But um, I was looking for something more long-term and more meaningful. Because if you build a connection with someone and then you like them, and then they tend to be more generous with you, yeah. <laughs> like down but the line. But then at that point, does but the then arrangement change? I would get to know about change? their life. And that, that's a constant conversation. Yeah. But you have to have open communication yeah. about it. And now I would that get we're, involved in their Now that we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and only no. $1,000 a week. That's, that's fine. <laughs> now they were connected. Yeah. And why good. did they end? Uh, what, I mean, why does any relationship end? You Usually know? because of betrayal. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you just find out. So a lot of relationships end, I think, because you find out more about a person and then you start to realize you don't like them as much anymore. Mm. So what things would you have found out about someone that would make you go, I can't do this anymore? Because I feel like on these sites, 
I mean, these sites are sort of based on the idea of secrets in a, in a, in a way, right? Uh, no. No? No, not necessarily. The one that Ashley Madison, or yeah. is that the one? Yeah. That one was for, like, cheating. Yeah. But thinking arrangement is more like, hey, this is what it... It's, it's the opposite of secrecy, I feel like, because it's like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm about. If you're about it, too, let's make it work. And if not, you just find someone who is interested in what you want. So why wouldn't these guys just be on, like, Bumble or Tinder or Raya? Some guys are awkward some guys are very shy some guys that can't talk to women so they feel like oh let me take this first step and then you know if we just know and then we may be able to build something together um some men are very busy and they don't want to have to take a girl out and make her feel special they just want to you know yeah. hey I'll, I'll call you every three weeks and that's going to be fine with us yes you know yeah it's funny because when i was younger in my younger days <laughs> when friends of mine like successful friends of mine would go to prostitutes I was always like why on earth would you ever go to a prostitute because always the part of the fun was meeting someone and all the weirdness to of, show up you pay them to leave, them leave exactly yeah and and sometimes also they just felt the transactional nature of a prostitute meant that um, it just wouldn't get complicated with emotional stuff yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of get it now more. I, I've never, you know, done that or been to one, but I know people who, who, who do that and they feel like it kind of like it scratches their itch for whatever it is they want. Okay. And hey, man, more power no to you. No judgment. So, um, now I got in trouble for asking this before because I, f- I feel like uh, people get very defensive about this because during the pandemic, I um, was reaching out to an old friend of mine and I said, uh, I was promoting a movie and I was trying to get her to watch the movie. And she was a dancer and I said, I said, hey, how was your pandemic? Did, did you end up doing like OnlyFans like half the dancers I know did? And she got really offended by the OnlyFans comment. She's yeah. Like, Why? You want to, I go, I don't go to OnlyFans. And then she got really mad and she thought I was trying to, I was sexually harassing. It was really bizarre. But, um, this is a touchy subject. I, I feel like it's the type of thing, like if I was a, a young, hot girl in LA trying to make mm-hmm. ends meet and it's uh-huh. fucking hard in any uh-huh. town particularly when you're in the, in the business unless you're like on a, a series regular or whatever like I think I'd be like I would probably get an OnlyFans you can kind of yeah. curate it and do it and a lot of and people make so much money I can break it down for you yeah break it yeah, down yeah cause I've, I've been on both sides of it so I did I did start an OnlyFans I did dance um, for a while topless only uh, and and then I, I started OnlyFans right before the pandemic so I got on there like you know cause I had a lot of people being like oh are you gonna do this da 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 and I was on there for a while and I made I made some pretty good money. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, made yeah. some pretty good money. And what type of stuff and would you would post do, if you don't mind me asking? So, because I was a topless dancer, I didn't feel bad about like, oh, like I'll show my tits every once in a while, but I would yeah. do a lot of suggestive stuff. I would do a lot of like, I would do like, I would eat a, a hot dog topless or something like stupid shit you know <laughs> I did a lot of food related stuff because I thought I thought it was funny yeah and I would do like rub suntan lotion on my butt with a bathing suit you uh-huh. know like t- different like weird quirky suggestive stuff yeah. but like fun you know yeah. and um nothing that was like porn no yeah no but I don't I don't judge anybody who does porn but it's not for me um and now so <laughs> I was on there for a while and and then I had, um, uh, I had, I had a lot of personal stuff going on. So I, I got off of there. Cause imagine if you have a boyfriend or something and you get on OnlyFans, that'd be a hard thing to negotiate. Well, 
here well here's the thing about it for me is that it's like I got to a point I had a couple of very bad experiences with men mm-hmm. and I got to the point where I was like I don't give a shit what any man wants from me yeah. I'm tired of talking to these random men they don't deserve this part of my body anymore so I'm like I'm not active on there yeah and now it bothers me when people ask me like hey do you still have your OnlyFans?" because it's like i obviously i'm not promoting it you've not seen anything about it what you're saying to me is i want to see you naked and how can i yeah and if you really wanted to you could go and do that without asking me yeah yeah, you know what i mean yeah and that that's why it's like frustrating for me because it's like you're making me come into your fantasy Mm. where if you wanted to go and see my tits you could find them yeah yeah. and that's what's frustrating for me and that's why like i can understand because i do get frustrated especially because it's a lot of comics who they'll message me with like disappearing messages on instagram they know (laughs) what they're doing is kind of shady yeah whenever someone has vanish mode on the what are you so like they know what they're doing is wrong and then they're like oh do can i you know da 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 and (laughs) oh oh can i get a discount and i'm like are you fucking kidding me right now you know what i mean you know you're being skeezy stop like stop with this yeah yeah, and so that's why i don't like it sure you know what i mean and that's why like i understand like if if that woman if she was a dancer and she had already been asked by a few people like it probably wasn't your question that bothered her but that so many people were asking yeah and I try to be I try to mollify it I was like oh I just meant I didn't mean a bad way it's just like a lot of people are talented it's just a way to make money during the pandemic I didn't mean an insult but that didn't and people don't realize you can use OnlyFans for a number of different things it's not just for porn so like for me when people were like oh did you have an OnlyFans and I'm like yeah but like who hasn't seen my nipples you know what I mean like (laughs) I used to flash comics at open mics all the time like like, oh my god in my first couple years I was just wild and just like a drunken asshole all the time <laughs> so then when I made my OnlyFans it was like you know who who cares yeah, yeah. and for me I'm like tits or whatever my puss no like yeah, that's yeah. like very private for me and mm-hmm. I wouldn't do anything that was like pornographic yeah, got it, got it. not judging anyone who would but that's a part it's of okay myself that, no, no 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 it's just it's a part of myself that I don't feel like giving yeah. but if a woman sees it in a different if someone else sees it differently then have at it you know yeah I know I totally get that and you ended up getting off of it I still you can still go on my page and I still get like there's still some people that pay $10 a month to see the same old shit from like <laughs> last year two years ago or whatever yeah but what made you kind of like me. give up being active on it just because you felt like it was did you start I was feeling drugged and you were attacked drugged. so then oh, yeah Jesus it was like su- yeah I've, I've been through like a lot of therapy I've been, but oh, after man. that I was like I don't give a shit what any man wants from me yeah. let me just you know take myself away from because you have to deal with their constant like messages and yeah, this of course. And, that. and you have like, and there's, I guess Whatever. you end up having this sort of emotional responsibility to them in it's a weird very, way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And even like with feet pics, like my girlfriends and I, and I tell, cause I have a couple. The feet um, pics thing is so crazy. But, uh, so I, I haven't paid for a pedicure in like three years. <laughs> cause I literally, I have like two different guys who they love my feet mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Hey, I need a pedicure. And then they send me 50 bucks like on Venmo. And then I go and then I send them a couple of snapshots. Yeah. Yeah. And for me that's easy because it's like it's not a lot and yeah. I would sell my feet pics more but that's like but then you have to deal with the creeps that are like oh what more can you show me and it's like I, I just know. let me it, just make a little bit here's my problem with a lot of the here's my problem with porn and a lot of that stuff in general as an adult it's fine but all this stuff ends up translating to kids you know what I mean it just all does it just ultimately it does If it, it, it's 
I mean, look what happened with Pornhub. You know, they had to like have a complete sweep because there's so many women that were underage. I know, porn. and now I have to go to X videos because there's not stuff that's hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> I was going to Pornhub, and now I can't find the stuff that I'm looking for. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and that is, um, yeah. So I, I kind of feel like as much as I want to be like, yeah, sex positive and, and and porn and blah blah, be pro sex worker. Like it, it lends itself to grooming. It lends itself to sex trafficking. It just. Well, it's just I think that parents need to be involved. With their kids yeah like, so my know. my my niece um she ended up during the pandemic she was like 15 she was selling pictures of her feet on OnlyFans, and she was making like a thousand dollars a month selling pictures of her feet and my brother knew and he wasn't i guess i don't know if no. he I, I think he just kind of gave up he was like i can't stop I feel her like for a kid like me personally i feel like you only have so long to be a kid yeah and then once you're an adult have at it live your life but when you're a kid be a kid yeah yeah i don't know it's such a tricky thing like as a parent like i, I wouldn't know what to do I see, in terms you know of you see media. these teenagers and they're just like in their crop tops and their whatevers and it's mm. like you only have so long yeah to not worry about that just shit. be innocent as and long I, as possible i was i was almost 18 when i my when i lost my virginity and i'm glad yeah. that i waited so I think, long i 100 agree and i think you know i have i have a uh a young daughter now and I and I I think about that all the time like all the crazy shit that's going on and how am I going to keep how am I going to keep the tidal wave of disgusting world <laughs> coming on to her have like, you heard I... that Louis C.K. bit what, what like, is it he's like there's just going to be a blizzard of dicks <laughs> yeah just... a blizzard of dicks <laughs> a dick blizzard coming yeah. away and I, I know so I'm you sorry. know then you go well you got it you can't let your kid have social media but kids are smart, you know. When they get like twelve and thirteen, they'll They're figure out something. It. They'll have some secret. I channel. feel like like my mom really did it the right way. And even still, like when I was fifteen, like I sent some guy like a picture from high school, like a picture of me in a bathing suit, yeah. and she like found it because it was on the home computer. <laughs> and she went, and there was like a couple of them. Um, I'm getting bug bites on my forehead. Oh That's, my gosh! Yeah. Do you have like a mosquito candle or? I do have. I do have a citronella candle. Yes. Um, right here, as a matter of fact, and you can I'm literally. It's so funny. I've never been I've bitten never been up so bad right bitten, now. <laughs> I've never been bitten by a mosquito before, so I don't really. really oh my goodness! I've gotten three like in this span of. Did my did my neighbor just take my lighter? I have. Or do you have a lighter? Oh, there's another light right there too. So. So you, yeah, we can we can light this and maybe just put it right we there. We had at my age, we had like the home computer that was in the living room. Yeah, it yeah. It was yeah. like you know, not behind closed doors or anything. And then, uh, yeah, one over there. <laughs> no, the mosquito thing is very funny. I think it has something to do with blood type. It does. It doesn't. It does. What's your blood it totally type? It does. Oh, negative. Yeah, I think O people get get bit Just a lot on the end. Yeah. So, because I'm a positive. Um. Yeah, I think you have to light it pretty hardcore, and then I don't really quite know where to. Isn't that lighting? Funny. This is going to be the entire podcast just trying to light this. <laughs> I literally, I hope that it doesn't blow up on my forehead because I have this show. I've gotten <laughs> mosquito bites on my okay, face. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you another one that's fresh from the the package. So, um, here, try one of these, and we you will try to do it while we're while we continue talking. Okay. Um, so 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 then so then one day my mom found it and then she was in the trash folder and I don't know what happened it kept refreshing and there kept being more 
like photos. Oh no! It was like five. It was just mean. Were you terrified when your mom oh, found this stuff? Oh my god! I, it was like the worst. She's like, my innocent ever. girl. Yeah. You were so innocent, and now you're just another. Oh man! It's, like, it, I mean, I think that's one of the things as a parent is just the i. You want to preserve your child's innocence as long as possible. Oh, totally. And I think that's a lot. That's sort of a lot. What's going on right now with like. The Republicans and the Democrats fighting each other. These these Republicans who are like super nerds are sort of going like, my kids shouldn't be exposed to drag king drag queen story hour. Um, and then a lot of liberals are like everyone should be inclusive and everything's acceptable and blah blah blah. And I think that uh, I get both sides. You know, I, I, th- that was one thing the pandemic taught me is that like. Not every side is based on. Democrats aren't trying to lure people into say, satanic cults, <laughs> and Republicans aren't trying to make The Handmaid's Tale. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like you know they both have 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 solid points about what they want to do. Uh, maybe we can put it like like hang it here, and hopefully that keeps working. I'm gonna look like I have a huge. Oh my God! Do you want to wear a hat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I do have a I do have a baseball cap right there. You can put on. It might mess up. Your, it might mess up your hairdo. Well, fix my hair. I don't want to. Um, it literally is going to be like. And where'd you grow up? In Riverside, California. Riverside. Okay, so you're like a local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, like six years. I six think? years. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. You're right at the sweet spot where things start to change I think right I yes (laughs) things are happening and it's so like things are happening like it feels really good for me right now and it's weird because it's like I have friends who are like we came up together they've Mm -hmm. been doing it a little bit longer than me and we just I just was in the car with a couple of comics I hope they don't listen to this but they're like man it sucks you know just doing these shitty open mics all the time and I feel like I'm not getting booked and da 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 and I'm just sitting in the backseat like I got a show with Bill Burr later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not even before that, but like I get paid a lot for mm-hmm. my shows. And you like, do? Yeah. What shows not, are like, these? A lot, a lot, but like I never, I haven't lost out on a show and I can't yeah. remember when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which feels really good. Yeah, it you know? feels great, yeah. Because when I first started comedy, I was driving to fucking Ojai for zero dollars. Yes, <laughs> like, of course. You know? Like just give me the stage time, I'll go anywhere. Yeah, it's, and, it's pretty amazing now with social media, the way that you can really, um, you know, I work with, I work with comics all the time now who blew up during the pandemic mm-hmm. just with their social media I know I wish and that's, I was better at TikTok yeah I know this is a tough thing because then you have it's like live by the sword die by the sword so you have this huge TikTok following and you get get headlining opportunities uh-huh. and you go to the club but you gotta be a headliner oh, if you do comedy for three or four years oh, it's very rare that you're gonna be able to like sustain a 45 minute that's set that's one of my biggest pet peeves yeah like comics who will market themselves as headliners and I'm like I know you've been doing this three years like yeah. there's no way yeah there's no way because I remember when I, I was totally that comic when I was two years in that was like I have 30 minutes <laughs> of course and I think that's good I think it's I, good I, to be I like to be, I, did. I mean I was but I was headlining no, probably no. when I was five years in at times yeah and I look back I gotta go back and like look at some of my old sets to yeah. see how by the way I'd probably look back and be like wow that was a pretty good joke and I forgot about that <laughs> but um but yeah and I think I, but it took me like a good five years before I had my first like and I would do like I would do like an hour and a half yeah 
and think I killed, but I was drunk and I probably just talked really slow and did like <laughs> 90% crowd work. And, yeah. and if I got a laugh, I'm like, I'm killing. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting, I don't know if I, I think that it all shakes out. You know what I mean? Everything eventually, it's like a relationship, yeah. right? You get in a relationship with someone and there's like flowers and romance and uh-huh. yachts and trips. And eventually you're just two people in a room together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Figuring yeah. out where you put the peanut butter jar, what shelf it's on. Or it doesn't work out. Or it doesn't work out. More, <laughs> Which happens probable, a lot of the time More probable. Too. So I kind of feel like with comedy, I feel like a lot of these headliners who are getting these opportunities early on, um, it's not going to be good for them you know they'll have their their they'll they'll be able to do is it still (laughs) is it still not lit they um they'll they'll be able to uh you know get a headlining gig at improv based on their publicity and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but if they don't create a real comedy fan base not a tiktok fan base then it's going to go away you know what i mean you're not going to be able to keep doing it oh and also be like their material yeah you know Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you see these comics and you're like, is that like that? Like write, write, write a joke is what I want to say. Yeah, like I learn know. how to write a joke. I also think that more comics coming up and I, and I think that uh, th- there's a good weird syndrome. I forget what it is. I forget what it was called. I got to remember the name of it so I can use it more. But the people, it's like a weird psychological condition where the people who are the most um, inept at their mm-hmm. field are the cockiest. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just something, when you're good at it, you're in a constant state of, of questioning and, and figuring shit out. Oh, yeah, you want to be the best. Yeah, you want to yeah. be the best, so you're constantly like, I don't know if I'm good enough, I don't know, and da, da. but the people who are just like, I'm a genius, one yeah. year in, they can just bulldog their way through life like that. <laughs> and that's yeah. great. I'm always feeling like I'm yeah. insecure about where my stand-up is, you know what I mean? I'm always oh, going, for sure. Like, oh, is this good? And I mean, I have a show tonight, and and I and I I've been opening my sets like really kind of like like shot out of a cannon mm-hmm. like a lot of point of view really the citronelle is just in your uh, face I, I love like it, it. <laughs> like get um, all up on me and uh, and now I'm kind of like well now I'm just not being charming now I'm just like <laughs> I'm just like joke riping these people a little bit uh. and they, and, I, and they get like. And then it takes a while to like dig myself out of a hole sometimes, mm. you know what I mean? So I kind of mm-hmm. have to go back to just being like goofy and self-defecating and silly and not have a point of view. I don't yeah. know, you know what I mean? Because I think when you, I started... You have very strong point of views. What's that? I like, I like your point of view. Well, my point of view is also... I, I've also changed my opinion a lot on comedy. Like I think when I started it was just like I was a very physical comic so everything mm-hmm. was physical I, as, I want to break dance so let me make a joke that involves break dancing uh-huh. I want to do this thing I want to pretend like I'm drunk let me make a joke about pretending I'm drunk and then um, but it didn't mean anything you know what I mean uh-huh. it was just sort of wasn't connected to a theme or anything bigger than that and now I'm trying to like sort of shoehorn some of these physical jokes and some of these uh, into things that are more political or cultural Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, I definitely feel. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I did a. I, f- I followed Bill Burr one night at Supernova, and of course he's always going after feminism, right? Mm-hmm. This and and because it's his crowd, he's preaching to the choir. Like yeah. they know he's going to at some point shit on women for demanding equal pay. Yeah, they yeah. know it, and they've kind of either forgiven him or they've signed up for his point of view. And he'll get laughs. And I went in there and I did a joke that I love. I love this joke. Um, And I was doing well. And I said, uh, I talked about how I don't like the masks. And 
not not because they're uncomfortable, just because you can't tell if a woman's hot or not. And I was like, don't judge me. I'm just saying when I met a woman with a mask, I didn't know if I need if I needed to treat her with respect. And, oh. the, and the people go, kind of, oh, I go, listen, before I hold this door open for you, you're going to need to peel down that mask a little bit so I can tell if you're pretty or if you're a feminist. <laughs> and it landed like a Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah. And I was like, fuck you people, because Bill, if Bill Burr said that joke, you guys would fucking be dying right now, you assholes. And then they laughed because they know it's true. They're yeah. sort of like, um, like things are problematic when you're not a famous comic. <laughs> When you're a famous comic and you do the same joke, it's not problematic because you're famous. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like, got in trouble for well, doing an Asian accent. Get, some people can get away with things yes. that other people cannot. Yes. And I think that sometimes when people watch Bill Burr or Louis C.K. or certain people and they kind of go, okay, this is how I, how I should do my comedy. And you're kind of like, yeah, that's great. But at the same time... Um, Lucy Kay and Bill Burr are, are talking to their crowd mm-hmm. that they've built over, you know, two decades. And now you're a new comic <laughs> hoping for the same, you know, I love. love. When I see new comics and they think that they can just talk. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it looks like when Louis C.K. is doing it. He's, yeah, just, ta- he's just talking. That's just his opinion. He's it, a, and they don't realize everything that it took to get to that exactly. point. Exactly. And that's kind of the genius of... I mean, I, I still think to this day, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll never think that there's anyone better than, than Louis C.K. as a comic. Oh, I think he's fantastic. Because he he has this ability... Like, Louis C.K., you kind of get this feeling that if he was just sitting there in a chair at a cocktail party, he would say the jokes the same way with the same tenor it never feels like it has although there's performance yes he does voices it never it feels completely organic yeah and it doesn't feel packaged yes you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it feels Mm -hmm. like he's finding the thoughts and the words because his point of view is so strong and he knows where he's going with it he doesn't have to know exactly what he's going to say yeah which which I like because a lot of times you see comics who are are new and if their point of view is a little bit weak they have to really like curate and package their bits so specifically and if they go off track in anything in any words or lines then they're, then they're lost you know what I mean and yeah. I'm guilty I've been guilty of that oh, as well oh for sure when I first started I was so prepared like yeah. I knew every word I was gonna say yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I was like I mean part of it was nerves but of also course. of course yeah and I think you get older you can but it, yeah. it's it's really great and same thing like you know I in my last podcast I talked to Bill Burr at, at Red Rock and same thing he, you just feel that he has these ideas that he wants to impart and he's going to get to them mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so there's never any pressure or worry that he won't get to his point yeah. now that's also the luxury of being a famous comic who people have paid $50 to see uh-huh. they'll be patient for it you know yeah. what I mean yeah and, and they'll wait for you to get they'll to the final they'll wait for you to be funny <laughs> yeah yeah to get to the final like yeah. punch so um yeah, so I kind of go back cool. and forth like, do I want to just entertain people, make people feel good, or do I want to just tell my fucking thoughts and point of view, whether they like it or not? Yeah, I don't care about telling my point of view at all. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I've yeah. never been. And I've been I've been kind of like watching comics lately and being like, okay, well, like, how can I how can I improve my own set? And mm-hmm. I do need to have more opinions on things. Um, I'm like working on like more jokes like that, but most of my jokes are just, I like to be like silly, yeah. well, like witty, yeah. you know, have like a little mystery and then say things that are like kind of outlandish. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which is just it. fun for me. Like yeah. let's all just have fun. Like yeah. let's forget about everything else. Yeah. One uh, comedy club booker who, who I really like, uh, um, Rebecca at Creek in the Cave, Rebecca Trent, she, um, 
we were talking about it and she kind of said, you know, you know, there's comics and there's clowns. Sometimes, I don't know if you're like a comic or a clown. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh, clown sounds bad. I know it does sound bad, but I'm like, you know, I almost went to clown school. <laughs> like my heroes in comedy were like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and Bill Irwin and people like that. So I, I don't have the same, you know, negative association with clowns. I think clowns yeah. are awesome. And I look back, oh yeah, a lot of shit I did was this fucking clowny. And I didn't realize why the comedy world in general particularly I was coming up when the alt world like 2006 when the alt oh, world yeah. was kind of like really blowing up and clowns were not what was for dinner <laughs> you know what I mean nobody wanted to see a clown uh-huh. if I'm ripping off my pants and, and, and doing headstands and shit they're like I feel like oh, it's this? so fun though. and that's what's great about comedy and a lot of people don't realize that there's so many different styles yeah exactly like when I tell people like oh you should come to my show and they're like are you gonna make fun of me and I'm like well no I'm not, that's not really my kind of comedy yeah, like I exactly. might you know do some crowd work here and there but I'm not yeah. like gonna rip on you like exactly but there's different styles and yeah I, love I know that. and it's it's so weird because also with the crowd work whenever and I'd been <laughs> I had an opportunity to do Kevin Hart's half hour special called yeah. Next Level on Comedy Central and they booked me they paid me and they said and I think I've talked about this podcast before and they were like okay what do you, and I was like, okay, I have like three weeks to figure out my half hour. Mm-hmm. I had never done a half hour straight. I mean, it had been years since I did a half hour straight okay. without going to the audience at some Ooh, point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of like, oh, we're talking about this now and just see where the audience would take me. Uh-huh. And when I was, I did like a, a prep set for it and I realized, wow, I don't have a straight half hour without any breaks because I would always go to the audience. Uh-huh. So, um, so the the thing fell through. I mean, I can go into why. You know, it's, I don't think it's all my fault to be honest. But um, at the same time, it did make me go, okay, I gotta I gotta quit relying on crowds to dictate where I want to go. I know, but it's so fun to make it personal. It is. And that's a part, like that's something that I see a lot of comics, newer comics do is that like, they're just talking at the crowd. Yeah. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. connect. Yeah. And that's why, like when I, whenever I do a longer set, like I'll do 30, like here and there. And, uh, and it's fun to like, you know, talk to somebody yeah, and then for sure and then you bring it back to them and then of course you know it's like it makes it all the better yeah and so 100%. i understand when you do like a bigger sure if you do like a bigger uh arena or and if you're doing something a, for a, TV any or com- whatever taping. comedy special like there's very little crowd interaction even like go- i know and it's so weird it's but- so weird because it has nothing really to do with how comedy works I in the know. real world like particularly <laughs> the late night like Jimmy Fallon and Colbert those yeah. things are so they're curated by a corporation yeah so they have, you have yeah. to change certain words you have to change certain things and everything has to be like very anodyne and you have to run it exactly the way that I you know, did it so and it's weird. just I so know. inorganic and if you're able to do that in a way that f- where you can kind of still be relaxed and make it seem more then, then, then you're killing it yeah. but a lot of people go up there and it just feels a super like packaged and the jokes yeah. are just soft and I just it just never never appealed to me you know yeah I mean the money would be great so it was a big <laughs> mistake on my part I don't know why the fuck I didn't like I was, you should be a clean comic and I was like should I uh, I need yeah I have been told that so many times I mean it's really I got better some unsolicited advice do you want to know what it's like to be a female comic because I get asked all the time yeah on Friday I did three shows this is a, this is a couple months ago I did a show Friday Saturday and Sunday and Friday night I did this great show and it was like a smaller venue and one of this comic that I haven't seen in like years and years he was like and oh my god you've always been funny but he's like 
you're fucking coming up like you're dope and I was like oh my god thanks Saturday this guy gives me like 15 minutes of unsolicited Ooh, advice breaking playing. down my set was he like a successful comic he's just a working comic like me I don't yeah. know what he does he just but he does clean comedy and he was trying to tell me like oh uh, if you listen to me your career oh my god well you know what I mean like it's always good to listen to those people I mean even if it's annoying because the truth is like because I've got I've got I've got I got that from the the guy the you know the gatekeeper for Just for Laughs like Jeff Singer he was like yeah you need to do this and then I did what he said the next Uh audition for JFL and I murdered and he was like you're on the right track but I'm no. like you just don't like me Jeff you just don't like me I'm not oh, the type of comic man. that you like and that's fine yeah um, but but I have lost corporate I mean the thing with people don't realize who are in the comedy world is that corporate gigs pay a lot of money man. Oh, a lot yeah and if you can ta- and cruise ships I mean mm-hmm, God forbid mm-hmm. I wouldn't I don't think I'd ever want to be in a cruise ship at least <laughs> people get trapped in like the cruise ship life they get trapped and uh, once you step away I heard I heard this from somebody who does once you step away you can never get back into it oh really so yeah so if you're doing that's like your retirement plan I feel yeah, like God you damn. know it's almost like Instagram like you have to keep fucking putting shit out there you have to keep putting you're really good at Instagram though well I just I it, honestly it was I'll tell you how that happened um and it's okay. My Instagram's okay. It's it's not doing. You're as building. Well. You're it's, building, and I see your shit, and I see your numbers. I've, been, doing, I've been paying attention. It's though. doing better, but like, okay, so I was doing. Uh, I was headlining San Diego Laugh Factory, mm-hmm. and um, and there are people who'd show up who who it was. By the way, it was very weird when I'd, when like an attractive woman would show up to the show. I'm like, oh my god, you're so funny. I, I'm I'm such a fan. I'm like, oh, that's cool. When I was a young kid, I used to watch your no. stuff on on the Laugh Factor YouTube. I'm like, ah. God no. damn it. I'm that guy now. <laughs> um, but she was like, she's, Zhao uh, Ying Summer was a feature for me. And she said, she's like, I want to have, have dinner with me after the show. And there was probably was like, all right, I don't date comics. But I hope you're not trying to be creepy. And she sat down to dinner. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing with your career? You are ruining everything. You're so talented. You don't know what you're doing. You got to fix your social media. She, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, really? What the fuck's going on? And she was like, we're going to get you a, a, a team in the Philippines to work on your Instagram. It's going to be $800 a month. And I'm call, And she like called me. And I was just like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing this. So I hired this, yeah. these guys in the Philippines. And um, I just send them. Um, spe- you know, sets, oh, and they just take it and they curate they it, and they s- oh. and they send it back to me, and I and they do all that for you. Do all oh, that for me. My God, it's not. Sounds... I mean, eight hundred dollars a month. That's kind of a lot. Isn't isn't super cheap, um, and it hasn't. You know, my reels aren't being monetized because it just takes one person to see a reel. I mean, I've had reels reported for hate speech and discrimination, <laughs> and some of the bits are like bullshit. Some of the stuff right. I look at that's been reported, <laughs> I'm like, where, where yeah. did I do anything yeah, yeah, that yeah. violated the rules? But when someone reports it, they still have to take it down. Now my reels aren't being monetized, so part of the whole reason was to make money on was on, to make money from it. And yeah. now I'm not making any so money. You can't make money at all because you had one taken down or if, if, if there's every month they reevaluate okay. if you have one per month that was reported the whole none of that, that month is, is monetized. so crazy it's fucked up yeah that is so crazy and this, then I heard um, that if you if you get to the point where you're undeniable because it's all about money right mm-hmm. and they see that you're really bringing people and, and people are watching your stuff then um then it doesn't matter 
Right. They're just going to let you make the money because they want you on the on the platform. On that, yeah. But I'm not there yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my you know my engagement is like in terms of total is probably like less than two percent, mm-hmm. which is it's okay but like you know you see some people who have like a 10 percent engagement you're like jesus yeah. christ man yeah and they're called women or if you, or if you're or if you're really you know famous but it is amazing how some people they get they just some whatever people just they get it some people just figured it out yeah. and like yeah like i have a friend of mine uh shout out to spiro in vegas who made it so big on tiktok yeah. like or like right away like and, and then every one of his videos and i was just like dude what are you yeah and then he had like a little character that he would do you know like they had the trends during mm-hmm. quarantine i was just like yeah it's also hard to figure out what's going to be the platform for you because people like david arnold you know david arnold has yeah. a special at, on netflix right now He's a, he's a friend of mine for years. He's been doing it for, I mean, at least a couple decades. And he, um, and he was on Facebook, and oh, he yeah. just started talking about his family on Facebook, and he yeah. blew up on Facebook. That was his his yeah. platform, yeah. you know. So I feel like I'm a little aged out of TikTok. <laughs> I'm trying. How old are you? Do you uh-huh. share that? Do you I'm share in, age? Huh? Do you share it? I'm in my forties. <laughs> How about that? Um, and I kind of feel like I'm not supposed to share my age, but I totally do. How old are you? How old do I look? Twenty nine. That's old. Oh, you're in your twenties. Well, I just said if if you're like you no, shouldn't. No, I'm say definitely it. not in my twenties, but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't when people I'm say twenty nine is so old, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, that bro. looks old. No, I usually get like mid twenties. Okay, well, I apologize <laughs> only no. because you're like I shouldn't say my. I people, love putting people on the because when people though. are twenty five, it's like why would you ever? Although okay. L A is so fucking bizarre, people like lie about their age when they're. And I was told it was like acting because I act as well, uh-huh. and I heard that if somebody hears your age, they're never going to see you as anything younger. But I don't necessarily believe that because I get I get younger roles all the time yeah exactly yeah and I, I mean I don't you know I I look at myself and I go I don't feel like I look that much older than I did 10 years ago but apparently I sure do because did you have a comb 10 years ago <laughs> well you don't like my hair like this <laughs> I should comb my hair one day <laughs> just, just one day just once <laughs> I'm just glad you don't have that fucking 90s goatee I just saw on the when, uh, when was that? I just saw a clip of your on your Instagram. So when I grow facial hair, and usually I grow facial, because when I'm a, um, I'm an actor as well, and uh, when you're a white guy, oh, a, a white semi ginger like me, um, semi ginger, the roles are basically like you get cops or racists, right? Particularly right. now. Uh huh. And racists have goatees. Unless you're like a Nazi, then you can be clean shaven. But everything else is like, oh. you got to be like a three percenter. You know, so I like I, I, I just oh. did a TV show where I played a homeless person. Yeah, it says And they were like, they kept. Oh, you're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they would text me therefore, like, remember, don't shave for the next couple. I'm like, do you realize how long it takes me to just grow a little bit of facial hair with my crazy Norwegian blood? Like, I can't <laughs> fucking grow. This what scruff I have in my face right now was was probably I mean this is like a week and a half, so I'm like yeah. <laughs> I'm like I, trust me I, I I have to I can't shave for a week if I'm playing someone who isn't <laughs> like you. Um, it's it's very it's very it's very interesting where as a white man where we are I don't complain about it because. Love white men love they they love well they love to complain about what's happening right now in the industry like I'm like the whole it's sort of like in the acting world this replacement theory like man now I'm at the back of the lines like listen any show that has has black people or minorities 
they need evil people keeping them down. <laughs> they need pieces of shit that get in the way. Uh-huh. It can't just be all black people celebrating each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Even like Black Panther, you have to have some evil white people getting in the way. That's true. You gotta have some white villains. And I'm all, I'm, hey, crazy? if I have a life, you know, when, when you first start, you're like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be typecast. Now you're just like, I just want to be cast. I don't fucking care yeah. if I'm, you know. I've never played a Nazi, but I've definitely, I'm like, I gotta play a Nazi at some point. Come on, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> to anyway. match your tattoos or what? No. <laughs> I have no tattoos. So, um, so you you grew up in Riverside. Were you always an actress? Did you did you start acting early? No, no. My sister's an actress um, Is she? for a long time. Yeah. Well, she's a theater actress and she's fucking phenomenal. But um, in L.A. No. In New York. <laughs> no, no. In in or in in throughout Southern California. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and does she do like Shakespeare and Chekhov and like? S- she does a lot of things. Right now, she's at the Redlands Theater Festival, mm-hmm. um, which does shows like on rotation throughout the summer. And she's yeah. in three productions, and she's company manager. Oh. And she, yeah, she's so that's she's great. Crazy. That's a great little life. Just have oh, like you yeah. just doing the regional theater thing. And she's and great, I, and she's a uh, theater teacher at a uh-huh. performing arts high school, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I uh, no, we would always put on little like little productions at like Hanukkah Aww. you know and I, was, I was just a ham and I was like reciting commercials all the time I was just like very like you know yeah. but theater didn't appeal to you in the same way I don't know I guess I just never got into it yeah and yeah. then uh, and then no I think I think I was doing like little YouTube things uh-huh. for a while uh, before I started stand up and then stand up I was like this is it like, this, this is, is what I'm gonna do so wh- yeah. how did that how that come about how did your first stand up gig sort of Unfold. I found an open mic in Riverside oh, yeah. that um, <laughs> I had actually been going to since I was like 15. Uh, so I knew about it. And then it went well. Like, I remember it went well. I didn't tape it, but it went well. I know my timing was off because the first show I did tape. What made you get on stage? Because I feel like getting oh, on stage just... for the first time is usually a like, I can't tell you how many people are like, I want to do comedy. I want to do comedy. What, any advice? I'm like, have you done it yet? Go, They're like, no, I'm like, that's what get I tell on stage, motherfucker. That's, just go do one. Well, I've been uh, working on jokes for the past two years. Get the fuck on stage. I was telling people at the bar, like yeah. my jokes that I had written <laughs> um, and finally did. I actually wanted to try it because um, I was uh, after college and I was just like hating my job, hating my life, whatever. And I was just like chilling in bed one day and I saw Will Ferrell's acceptance speech for the Mark Twain Award for comedy. Oh. And he's not even a stand-up comic, mm. but I was just like watching him and it was just like something clicked in my head and I was just like he gets paid to make people laugh yeah and it seems so intangible but I was just like I could do that yeah yeah I'm like I could I could totally do that yeah you yeah. know so then so then I was like writing jokes and telling people like I'm gonna do it for two years and for two then, years and then yeah. I finally yeah. did and then so that and then, so was it one of those things like you gave yourself a deadline because what I tell people is this whenever they and I get you know, when I was like in a relationship and, 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 you know, every, if I was dating someone, a lot of times I get jealous, like, who are these, you know, who, these women, I go, women don't approach me after the shows. I promise you. <laughs> They're too busy pissing at me and running a Yelp review. But, um, <laughs> but guys, like these young, I mean, I have like weird young incel fan clubs and all this shit uh-huh. on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, guys right. approach me all the time. Like, wh- what, what advice should I do? What advice should I do? What, what advice you give me or to do comedy and again it's always it's always the same advice there's no other advice like well, the way you craft no who gives a shit no, about no, how no. you craft a joke just go get do your it. ass on stage yeah, the yeah. hardest part is getting on stage 
That's Everything what I else people. is, and if you, and, and the truth is, like, if you don't bomb your first time, you're gonna bomb, right? Oh, for sure. And if you, I don't oh, care how good you, you are, you want to slit your wrist, yeah. and you want people to forget your name. Yeah, and, and you if you look at the real pimps of comedy, like the the, the legends of comedy, like the David Tells and the Bill Burrs and stuff, they spent years as eating dick yeah because they had stuff to say and they wanted to say it and they were working on complicated jokes and they weren't famous yet so people were just like oh. but they just stayed in the fucking pocket and eventually they found their their, their groove you know yeah. so you um, your voice what's that you gotta find your voice you gotta find your voice and maybe mm-hmm. some, some people have their voice early on but it takes a long time for their voice to resonate with a crowd you know what I mean yeah and one of the things that Bill Burr said which I have always listened to he said when you start as a comic uh you do if you get in because you have an idea about what you want to do mm-hmm. about the type of comic you want to be mm-hmm. and then you have the industry managers and agents telling you well you got to be this comic right no no Bill you got to be this comic and so they try to make Bill Burr into this clean anodyne nice smiling uh. <laughs> ginger comic and then he, and then he does that for a while and eventually he gets back to the reason why he started which is like I want to go in there and tell people what I fucking think yep. and trust my <laughs> anger issues you know and and for me, like I got into comedy just probably just a need for fucking attention, <laughs> and just a need to like w- w- want it. We all yeah, of course, <laughs> was number one. But also, I I think I just wanted like to do goofy shit like what I would do in school, and I it wasn't about point of view at all, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then I was like, oh well, I gotta be this guy, da-da. and then I kind of like well. Let me just do my goofy shit. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan talks about when he very first started, his his voice was very much like he does now. Yeah. But he he was hearing like, oh no, you got to do like this, you got to yeah. be like this, and he kind of went off track for a while until yeah. Now I mean, now look at him; he's hugely successful yeah. with and doing it's funny, that thing. J- Jim uh, Gaffigan, and if you guys don't know Jim Gaffigan, I mean, I think he's one of the one of the best working today for sure. Oh, he's so great. And he works clean. It's he's remarkable so clean how well he can crush. So Oh, just so smart. Yeah. And he, yeah. um, and like a lot of comics, he, you know, a lot of comics, they, they blow up because of one bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. Bill Burr blew up after his, uh, he was in Philadelphia and Dom Herrera had just gotten booed off stage from the opening Anthony crowd. He's like, are you fucking Philadelphia with your bullshit fucking f- fake Rocky hero? And he just went, I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen yeah. this, but it was uh-huh. remarkable. And that kind of like in the comedy world and Louis C.K., his bit was when he was, I think he was with Conan O'Brien and he talked about how everything's amazing and no one's happy. It was his mm-hmm. bit about when everyone's on the plane, like the chair doesn't go back. You're on a yeah, fucking plane. Yeah. You're in a chair in <laughs> space. Yep, yep. And that went around that. like all of Wall Street and corporate people trying to tell millennials what's wrong with them uh-huh. um so and jim gaffigan his hot pocket hot bit, pocket. and his um his voice that he does like this guy's weird oh it's so he just breaks the fourth wall in yeah the it's most great beautiful and the way. reason the reason that voice started and jessica kirsten does the same thing and lewis black and the same thing they were all comics who had really weird intense energies and there's a lot of clubs where you're coming up they don't want that Mm-hmm. They just want they just want the person to come there with a blazer and to talk about. So I was in line at Whole Foods and what's the deal with bread, you know? Um, so they created this like ancillary character to deal with the fact they're bombing. 
Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like Jessica Kirsten would say something, she'd be like, and she'd start talking, she's like, you know, Jessica, don't worry, they're going to like you. And that became her gig. Same with Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. So apparently when he was coming up, he was bombing, mm. you know? And so that, that voice like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> He's not funny at all. And he just kept it. Yeah. And then Louis Black, his screaming, you motherfuckers, that came out of him just bombing constantly. Oh, and what would get the laughs no. was him reacting to it. I didn't know. And that becomes his character. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah. It's, so for me, like w- when I bomb, I don't have a tool. That's <laughs> 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 I go. Huh, whatever. Fuck. Whatever. I'll, maybe this joke will work. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 interesting how comics find find a voice based on a reaction from the crowd, and that becomes their kind of like go to crutch. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Anyway, so um, <laughs> you came on. You did a you did a good first set. And right away you're hooked, yeah? It was so great, yeah. Yeah, and you killed your first set? It was so great, so great. And the second time was so great. And the third time I wanted to kill myself, yeah, for that's, sure. It has to happen. And that's, I know. That's I know. what separates the comics from the people who tried comedy. Yeah. Because eventually, I don't care if you kill your first 15 sets, you're going to be on stage and there's going to be a come to Jesus moment where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And I think that you should have that a lot. Like I have that I'm having that moment now With my comedy There's a trend Sometimes you get Just into like A A a slump I guess Yeah yeah. And and then you're just like Can I please (laughs) Can I please go back to I gotta re-figure out the way Because the hard thing For comedy too Is you gotta figure out How to open Mm-hmm. A open Literally open the show And kind of open a crowd up To mm-hmm. you And to mm-hmm. be receptive to you mm-hmm. And um, And I would always Kind of find An opening joke That would You know Self-deprecating Make people like me Let them know That I knew how to tell a joke Right mm-hmm. Yes Say something funny Right off the top Yes Make sure right. that you have a joke That at least Even if it's not the best joke It at least goes Okay this guy Knows what comedy exactly, is yeah. You know yeah, yeah. There's a uh, story of Um you know some of the real pimps of comedy like Patton Oswalt and Zach Galifianakis uh, and David Cross uh-huh. when they were going around the south they would have bets with each other where they would say right, look I'm going to dig a hole for the first five fucking minutes and then I'm going to kill and they're like okay I'm going to dig a hole for the first eight minutes I'm going to dig a hole for the first and they would like see how far they could like just literally just dig a hole and then, and then resurrect their back. set that's how good they were that they had the ability to do that particularly Ooh. something like Patton it makes me genius. so because I just I remember the last time I just really just tanked and it was, it was like there was so like what was your first bomb like how, how did that happen I don't even know it was my third time on stage I don't know what I did like I don't know what I <laughs> you know what I mean like I just thought they just weren't on board I just thought that I just thought that I would go up there and talk and they would love everything I said you yeah know? yeah uh, I I'm mean, charming I look at my smile I don't even remember it but I do remember the last time I bombed and it was what like, was that it was like 200 people and Where was my friends this? came out is it at Derby's and Hemet mm-hmm. and it's a room that I've done before many times and I was featuring and I was supposed to do 20 minutes and I think I did 14 and it was just wow. and it was like nobody was laughing except my friends in the back which kind of made it worse <laughs> <laughs> like and people would come out to see when me. you look at that you go do you look back and go like did you watch the tape like a, like a I, football coach uh, I do I do watch my tape that's good you should I think I that do. separates the great comics if I do well I listen to it the whole ride home you know yeah, what I mean that's and I'm like smart. oh yeah and yeah. then if I do poorly I listen to it when I get home one time <laughs> yeah you're like oh god I gotta I'm like listen to it on repeat if it's good and I'm like yeah, yeah. those laughs you know and then yeah, 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 yeah. But, because uh, usually no, when people bomb so and I, I did a film about a comic 
and they wanted to have a set where I go up there and I bomb. Mm-hmm. And it was filmed at the Laugh Factory, and uh, I. And they, the, the filmmakers didn't know anything about the comedy world, right? Yes. I was their, their I was the lead actor, so they were kind of like trusting me. And they, they like Dom Herrera was on this kind of fake show, J. Chris Newberg, and they were all killing because the audience, they were just people. They are just extras in the crowd. Okay. And then when I went on stage, was at the, the <laughs> AD goes, okay, remember, he's going to bomb. Nobody laugh at his jokes. <laughs> so, and I don't care how much is acting, how much is intentional, whatever the fuck it is. I don't give a shit. You're just bombing on stage. Uh, it's not it's whether so the jokes are good or not. So I'm saying brutal. I'm doing some of my jokes that almost always work and they're just all bombing. No. And I'm going like, well, this isn't usually how a veteran comic bombs. Usually when a vet, first of all, if you're telling jokes um, from the beginning and they're and they're bombing, you're going to shift. Yes, you're yes, gonna, yes. You're going to pivot. Right, you're going to do yes. something. I that's what I did in Hemet, and I was trying to do crowd work, but people were not responding to me. <laughs> so then I was like, "What do I do now?" Yeah, it was so bad because I was like literally like trying to. It was like somebody's birthday, and I was like, "Oh, birthday!" And how old are you? Yeah. Silence. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh, I was like, you guys don't want to talk to me. Oh, like, God. I was like, you don't like me. I hate it when you start talking like, to. Yeah. And it, you know, and then I was like, it's fine. You know, like go. And someone like wooed over here, and I was like, okay, let's talk over here. <laughs> was not responding. To, they they were just not, weren't even answering they were you. Not, they were not answering me. They hated me so much. Just arms folded. That nobody wanted to interact with do me. Do you know the joke? Do you know and I the didn't joke know. or jokes that made them kind of sign up? Like, uh, I'm out. I don't even know, like. I don't even know. I like. Yeah. <laughs> it was just from start to finish the yeah. worst, yeah. the worst 14 minutes of my whole life. Yeah, I, I've, I've been opening with this. Well, there's a couple things because I, I wrote so many COVID jokes during mm-hmm. the pandemic yeah. that my, my set was kind of all about how COVID looks about COVID and how it kind of changed my opinion about the world and how it made me think everyone's a hypocrite and we're all being controlled by fear. And I can kind of oh, go into these true. jokes that kind of that aren't necessarily political, but they're just about corporations manipulating us. Um, but I found recently and I was in a pocket and there was like a, a few months where I was just boom boom killing every show and then uh, and then there's a point where you can tell the audience like we don't want to hear any fucking COVID jokes yeah we're done yeah. with COVID jokes I don't mm-hmm. fucking give a shit about COVID anymore yeah and then you're like but I wrote so many fucking and then you hear like <laughs> the cases are coming back up and I'm like yeah I, <laughs> no. I, I can keep it going I can, do, I can do a few more months of COVID the death rate is higher in Los Angeles now I can tell more COVID jokes exactly <laughs> Exactly. It's so exciting. And it's awful, but it's true. Like, I kind of, every time I hear, like, oh, fucking COVID, like, what am I going to do with all these, some of these jokes, I just love these jokes. Yeah, I just quit with the COVID joke. Like, at 2021, I was like, COVID is done. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. No more COVID. But my, my jokes are stupid. Like, they were COVID cocaine jokes, and yeah, I'm yeah. done with that, too, so. So, I kind of, like, yeah, so I have a weird relationship with COVID, because, obviously, I've I've never been one of the people who was like what am I gonna do I was always kind of like I'm gonna like you know be responsible ish I'm not gonna be a man like, fuck man I'm not, weird. I'm not gonna walk into fucking Costco like what the fuck guys I know. but at the same time I'm also not gonna be like a maniac and people be afraid people need to just like I, oh, I know people are so afraid I feel like people just need to be like you do you and I'm gonna do me yeah, but I, people weren't like that no people are not like that 
No, they're really not. And I'm so glad to not be in LA for all of that. Yes. Mess. Yes. It was such a mess. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> and I remember the first time I went, I tried to go to the store. I can't remember. It was sometime like summer of 2021 or something. And they asked me for my my covid thing oh, and i card. was like i was like people carry that around with them and they're like yeah and i was like i had no mm-hmm. idea i had no idea because in riverside we don't yeah we don't do that yeah there's not one one place in riverside really? that they would ask you for your covid card no yeah no. it's really weird how even in la i mean people look at california if you're not from california you look at it as a monolith of everyone just going around like chopping dicks off kids and, and you know <laughs> and just completely progressive but the truth is like orange county just like 40 minutes south oh, yeah. of here orange county is so super too. super republican yeah. yep, yep. and and if they're not republican they're libertarian they protest they're like oh yeah yeah like huntington beach where my parents are that's like fucking god damn that's like florida yeah so um <laughs> and it's weird because what you want to do is you want to do jokes that appeal that are funny for both sides mm-hmm. right if you can do a COVID joke, like one of my favorite jokes I do, and again, th- these are jokes that, that I feel good saying it because they're so, I don't believe them. They're stupid. <laughs> they tap into all these weird conspiracy theories. They tap into all this stuff. And, but I, but I, but I feel there's an integrity to the joke. So I want it. So the joke I talk about, I, I talk about how um, I stopped being afraid of COVID when Trump beat it. Because I mean, if Trumpy, come on, he's he's old, he's obese, he's orange. We should have known if Trump beat it. Uh, we should have known he was going to beat it because he beat Hillary Clinton, right? Right. And people, some people, depending where you are, they'll have either they'll either kind of have like a boo or like they'll applaud that, and I go like, he beat Hillary Clinton, and she's killed way more people than COVID. Now uh-huh. that's just a solid joke. That's a great joke. That's a solid that's joke. A joke. And yeah. people. Now, if I do in Texas, sometimes it gets an applause break. I'm like, I'm not looking for an applause break because I don't believe that shit. Because they're like, yeah, that's right. But I'm like, no, no, no. And they go, I'm kidding. Hillary Clinton hasn't killed anybody liberals, but neither has COVID. Um, and I go, no, I'm kidding. They both killed people. Can we just go in? Now, I love that joke because I'm playing with both sides. And I feel like yeah. I liked, I like to, like, um, because the truth is what happened to me over the pandemic was I've always been a bleeding heart I was a theater actor in New York for mm-hmm. you know 15 years and so I oh, just kind okay. of that was everything in my life was just I just worked with like gay people and trans people and everything was just sort of like yeah whatever man be cool to everybody and, yeah. and I didn't have like I didn't feel like I was racist do you know what I mean it didn't it, yeah. it wasn't something I didn't have thoughts in my head that I, th- I thought were racist but <laughs> you then just, you only acted racist you didn't yeah, feel like yeah it. exactly yeah I just <laughs> but then uh, but then you come to LA it's like no 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 it's not that you're not racist you're are you anti-racist I'm like what the what do I have to do now <laughs> what's the obligation what do I have to do post a black square is that it it's so I, I started getting to the point where I was like I, I, I love the idea of wanting a utopia and wanting this sort of liberal utopia where there are no cops and where everyone trusts each other and there's a collective that all looks out for each other. But everything I know about the world and having been like a yoga teacher and being in that community is like once you have anything that has some sort of cult quality to it, it's going to be corrupted because people fucking suck. Oh, for sure. So no utopia is possible. A liberal utopia, a, a Bernie Sanders utopia is impossible because it's, it's going to take a couple fucking people to gum it up for everyone else. And it'll always be that way until humans evolve and they're not going to. 
Yeah. So I started going like, well, maybe some Republicans have a bit of a point about some shit. At least it's a point of view that I can actually get. Like, oh, like so you're a Republican. I'm not, but my dad is. <laughs> this is this is where the conflict like is. You agreed with Republicans. Well, my dad is, and my brother is, and they're two of my the, my favorite people in the world. Particularly my dad. I think he's literally one of. The, I think he's like a saint. I look at him sometimes like, holy shit, you put up with my crazy fucking mom <laughs> and all this shit. And crazy three boys and you're this amazing. It, it was really kind of remarkable. I said, and so and he likes Tucker Carlson. I said, let me just at least try to like understand how you can feel this way. Uh-huh. And when I started listening to all the different uh, takes, political takes on different podcasts, I just started. The one thing that appealed to me about, and I would never get in the handy or Tucker, I could never get in those people. But like what appealed to me was the idea that like, oh, this is what I feel. And I'm going to say it. This wife, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. it was like very like directed and pointed, and this is my principles and da da da. And I felt whenever I listened to like Pod Save America, they were just always tiptoeing around every fucking delicate issue where you, I didn't know what they really felt about it. They were just yeah. kind of questioning. Well, I think it's good that we are all, but I'm like, what do you really want to fucking say? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Can you actually cut through the bullshit and cut cut through your your desire not to offend anyone to say what you really feel? And I feel like we're kind of at that point right now where there's a lot of stuff that people know is true in their heart and they just won't say it. And it's one of the things I liked about Bill Burr's most recent special because he was talking about <laughs> when Megan Rapinoe went out and asked for equal pay for the female soccer players. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, why aren't we getting paid the same way? He goes, and then you got to on ESPN, you guys, all these guys are sitting around pretending like they don't know the fucking answer. <laughs> no one's buying tickets to your goddamn game. That's uh-huh. why. Uh-huh. You know, and it's it's true. It's all about, at the end of the day, it's all about money. Mm-hmm. Right? It very much is. And what yeah. people what people watch will be will be enhanced and catered to and whatever and what people watch is drama conflict fighting mm-hmm. real housewives fuck boy island all this shit where i can't believe that that's a real show fuck boy island <laughs> yes i just saw it and i was like oh my gosh On it's hbo it's too Glacier, right it's what nikki glazer no no fuck boy island is a reality show like one of these no like, i know but doesn't she host it? Or does she? Uh, maybe she does. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's our picture. Unless I'm misremembering, but I don't think. I'm. Yeah, so it's, it's just like peop, people, and if you see what gets big on YouTube, it's like, even me, when I'm going through YouTube, I'm not going to spend a lot of time watching inspirational, nice videos. We just watched a video, my little brother. Okay, uh-huh. this is so great. I have a brother who's 21, and his best friend is over all the time. Uh-huh. And he, I come out down the hall today, and he was like, Ann, do you want to watch a 25-minute video? on how to suck dick. What? How old's your brother? I swear to you. They're 20. They're 21 and 22 or something. But it's just, and my, my family's very open. Like my family's always talked about whatever and we make all these kind of you know jokes, whatever. And so we go and he put this What's on. What's that video? I have like, some people I want to send that to. Literally, it's so great. And I was, I'm, was it I'm, funny? I'm furiously writing a bit about how, you know, like these boys show me this video. But I'm like, why is that a thing? Like, why can you just go online, type into YouTube, how to suck dick, and you'll find a 25-minute video over this girl. And she, first of all, she's like, she's like this black girl. And she's like, first of all, wash up. She's like, wash your ass. You don't want your man coming over. <laughs> you know, like not being clean and all this stuff. She gives like pointers on like hygiene and then like eyelashes. Cause she's like, when you're looking up at him, you want him to see your big eyes looking back, you know, <laughs> like all this stuff. And then she gets a vibrator and she literally demonstrates. Did you see the video? And Tiffany Hash talked about this, I think in 
was it girls trip or I don't know yeah, well, yeah in girls trip I think she, she basically stole this girl's bit on uh-huh. girls trip where this this black woman she would put pineapple rings around around the deck yes yeah and give I've a seen it with um cantaloupe cantaloupe or, or grapefruit I've seen it with Grape- grapefruit oh maybe it was grapefruit yeah yeah I guess it was grapefruit yeah oh that's right it was grapefruit you're right yeah um and uh, <laughs> pineapple would be good too you know pineapple juice is good for yeah right <laughs> so anyway but yeah I couldn't post a video as a white man I don't think I'd get away like here's how you, women here's how you should suck dick no you no fun. you teach men how to how to eat pussy <laughs> I've talked about that in my podcast actually a lot oh really yeah 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 because, because I you're do, good at it I do think that um, I had to <laughs> I do think that here's an interesting thing about men when it comes to sex and just sex in general maybe there used to be a time when there was like a tutelage system like an apprentice like people <laughs> like men were trained to be warriors and sexual warriors and there was like I think in general in the 50s or I don't know I mean maybe I'm talking <laughs> no. about ancient Rome I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about but the point I is I just I have a feeling like e- even for comedy right there was a time when you were a younger comic and you were coming up you looked to the older comics to be your mentors and you mm-hmm. asked them advice all the time it was like what should I do and oh man I work you know now these young kids like they don't give a fuck what these older comics have to say they're like I'm doing my own fucking thing fuck you I, I know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> to their you know not to their credit it's like a, that you should really like look at the masters whether you agree with their material or you like their stand up like they're doing it I think it. it's super beneficial to look to someone who's already succeeded yeah not to copy 100 percent, but to see like what you can choose for yourself that would work so these poor these poor boys who who (laughs) in america today they they grew up watching porn on the internet which i didn't have growing up watching porn right but then porn isn't really real either it's not so they think that that's how you do things i'm like that's not how you do things you shouldn't do it like that yeah that's why i don't watch porn i i've 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 forsworn you don't watch porn at all no 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 (laughs) I, I gave it up. <laughs> well, I would watch porn. I would read porn. I'm, well, I'm the very reading sexual is, person. Reading is too. reading is also. I, I'm okay with reading because then you, you're activating. The reason the reason is is I read a Stephen King book one time, and there was a writer in the book, and the writer would never watch porn, and he said because it. it stunted his creativity hmm. and it always stuck with me and then I remember when I was you know just a typical guy watching porn and then and when I was ever done with the porn and the porn still playing I always felt gross I'm like shut that laptop as quickly as possible that sort of thing that shouldn't be a feeling I have afterwards right so well, yeah. what what's happening here why why do I why feel do you feel like that so then I I I think most guys feel that way when you when you jerk off. You, really? you, you, it's rare that you jerk off after porn and you just feel. I'm so glad I watched this friggin' uh, stepdad clip on you Pornhub right now. Yeah, I closed the window very quickly, <laughs> <laughs> like right away. So so then when I, when I was like, I'm not going to watch porn more. I mean, in the beginning, like my brain was like, what do we what do we think? What are we doing? What how are we going to make this happen? And then so I had to like retrain my brain to be. To use my imagination to feel aroused, which, mm. which, um, and it's not, you know, it's not, but I think it just, it's, it's better. It's just a better way to be. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. it's, I, I don't know. So anyway, these young kids, <laughs> but no one is teaching young kids how to do things, right? 
Like no one is if you if if you're gonna tell hey listen if this this is how you push you dude don't tell me it's it's too awkward for people we're still like a puritanical society so uh-huh. people don't want to learn but I would love to do that I wanted to be a sex therapist for years really yeah I was like a I've kundalini about that too. I was a kundalini yoga instructor oh, and oh, cool. uh, and I felt like man I'm, if big, I could, I'm a big yogi yeah and I felt like that was kind of like what I what I I was like maybe I'll do that as like a side gig. Of course, it never happened, but I but I definitely feel that like it's important for people to kind of have a very healthy, whatever you're doing with sex, just it's 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 got to be healthy and it's yeah. got to be it's got to be, um, and if it's aggressive, if you want to be aggressive with with your sexuality, it's got to be from the woman. You know what I mean? And I feel like men are sort of bred to sort of be aggressive right away and and be and, and it's I cannot bad. stand men's aggression with me lately especially it's happened to me a couple times and i'm like who the fuck do you think you are you mean when you're on and a date with them yes when, and when and they because men would rather ask for forgiveness and permission interesting and it's so frustrating <laughs> and i'll give you an example and he's a comic and i didn't say on my post that he was a comic but he's a comic and i met him recently and i knew him for one day and we'd had a conversation about wanting something serious and know he's gonna take me out we happen to be out of town, uh, and then uh, we're at the pool, and we had been like we like kind of like gently kissing and hugging, yeah. and then we're in the pool and kind of like close to each other, kissing a little bit, and then he puts his hand down on my pussy over my bathing suit, and I was like. I've literally known you one day. Yeah. We've had the conversation that I'm looking for something serious. You said you agree. You want to take me out. You're being very sweet to me. We were kissing. Why did you think that you would jump all of those steps? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the next. Because of his. He thought that it was going to be well received by me. And I told him. And and I'll lay it out for men. Like I let men know exactly how I'm feeling. And then I say, take some time to think about this and reflect. Yeah. Because probably other women are going to agree with me. And I told him, take some time to reflect on why you would think that. Because he's like, I didn't mean to offend you. And I'm like, I know you didn't. Yeah. You but why okay. did you think that it was going to be okay to touch my pussy at this yeah. point in our relationship? Yeah, because I thought we were vibing. Yeah, of course. He's fifty. Yeah, and if, and, and there there's, and, there's no and there and the thing is the sad part about it is he's probably done that before and it worked. It's so. Have, did you so, see him again? Or was that kind of it? No, he was like, "Oh, I'm really sorry." You know, he's apologetic, and I was like, "I understand that you know you weren't trying to offend me in any way, but." I, yeah. don't, I really don't feel safe because I don't feel safe putting myself in a situation with you again if that's the kind of thing that you're going to do yeah. and just oh you know we'll see what happens because yeah. that's the, if he grabbed my ass it would have been a different thing you know yeah. what I mean that was, it was very yeah yeah it's yeah, such it's a, a gross lot. situation for me I had a guy on a first date um, I went with a few weeks back put his hand over my throat when we were making out and I'm like dude why why did you think that that would be an okay thing to do at this stage in our relationship yeah exactly I'll let you know when it's time to chug me. But There's right so, now, exactly. I know. I'm very, I'm very open about what I like and what I want. Yeah. But I need to trust somebody, and I put that out there as well. That's why I always, tr- I tell people, I go, and and I put it in my act too. I go, forget booze. You know what I mean? Fuck booze. Booze is awful. Booze, everything awful that you've ever done in yeah. your life is probably. I've been struggling with sobriety for but, a few but years. But weed. <laughs> it's great because when you, when you, when I've been stoned and I've been you know making out with a woman and maybe things are getting and then you're like you know I gotta go home it's just like all right that's cool like I don't <laughs> you turn into matter. Matthew McConaughey I'm like what the fuck <laughs> you like, turn into Matthew McConaughey when you're drunk like, come on just stay what the fuck but when you're stoned you're like it's all right hey it's all right all right all right man it's all good <laughs> baby so um 
Yeah, I yeah. think that, that that is this that is that is the solution is that everyone should should be stoned. I just go to sleep when I smoke weed anytime uh, after like noon. Interesting, yeah. I pass red spot. I get the munchies and go to sleep and I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go on a hike. I don't know how people can smoke yeah, maybe weed. Maybe you just got to find things. the we've got to find the right And I've heard strain. that before too. Yeah. I've heard that I've before. Tried it all. I just know like for me, I know it works for me. So. Yeah. Um, now I would love to talk to you more. Unfortunately, we yeah. both have shows. It's eight o'clock. Okay. So um, so thanks for coming though. <laughs> You're awesome. And where can people find you? You can find me at anflag.com. Uh-huh. My calendar is always updated. You can find me on Instagram at in underscore anticipation with my name, Anne and E. Awesome. Well, um, nice meeting you. I want to see yeah, you again, nice. Anne. Have a great show at Thank Ha you. with uh, Mr. Thanks. Legendary Bill Burr. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.